Soulmates, as always, much to talk about on this uh, Friday, finally. Finally. I've been feeling Friday We since, made it. Like Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. I have, yeah. Welcome or, to, but rightfully so. Very much so. Welcome to Fox Soul's Black Report. We're following the latest on a possible resurgence of monkeypox cases right here in the U.S. and the HBCU that's withdrawing from the U.S. News and World Report ratings. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm the Cordelide Corte, plus the newest campaign from the Negro League Baseball Museum and the black hairstylist who's receiving hate online. They're the stories that impact our people. We're going to bring you our news, our views, and our voice, so let's get into our conversation uh, for the day. That takes us to New York, where former Marine uh, Daniel Penny will be arrested and charged with manslaughter for choking a homeless man on a New York City subway. The incident caught on video led to the death of Jordan Neely. Witnesses reported that Neely was known for impersonating Michael Jackson and was loudly complaining about hunger and expressing a desire to die before Penny approached him from behind and choked him. Penny claims he didn't intend to kill Neely. The case has sparked many protests and discussions about subway safety and homelessness. Attacks on train passengers have prompted increased police patrols and mental health outreach. And Courtney, not only did uh, Daniel uh, say that he never intended to harm Mr. Neely, mm -hmm. but he said he could not have foreseen his untimely death. I just don't buy it. And I think a lot of people uh, on social media don't buy it. A lot of folks in New York just don't buy it. How mm -hmm. do you hold a man in a chokehold for 15 minutes, mm -hmm. 15 minutes, and not expect him to die? We've talked about this on this show on a number of occasions since this incident happened that, you know, George Floyd had Derek Chauvin's knee on his neck for nearly nine minutes mm -hmm. uh, and succumbed uh, to, uh, to, 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 you know, his untimely death. And so, you know, this is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And just because people are homeless, uh, it doesn't mean that they are without humanity. Mm -hmm. and, and this is what really these protests have been all about. And a, and a lot of them were pretty passionate. I mean, uh, just last weekend, uh, you had protesters on subway tracks to halt uh, the, 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 the trains uh, to really make a statement as to how, how passionately they felt about this particular case and about this Marine at the time, uh, you know, being set free and, and there not being any charges considered. Fast forward to this moment and, you know, authorities have circled back around and uh, he'll have to now face these charges uh, and we'll just have to continue to to tap in and, and see how this uh, this case plays out. Yeah, and really mm -hmm. to all the activists and organizers out there that made their voices heard. Yeah. Uh, you even had uh, the district attorney uh, of, of, of New York come out and say that those protests made a difference. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that believe that those protests made a difference. Uh, and so shout out to all those activists out there uh, keeping their eye on uh, situations like this. Moving along, a U.S. Army sergeant has been sentenced to 25 years in prison for fatally shooting a man during a Black Lives Matter protest in Texas. Daniel Perry, who was convicted of murder, killed Garrett Foster in downtown Austin. The conviction sparked conservative outrage as Governor Greg Abbott plans to pardon Perry, pending a review by the Texan, Texas Pardons and Parole Board. 
Witnesses disputed Perry's self-defense claim and prosecutors sought a minimum sentence of 25 years. Perry's defense highlighted his military career while his racist social media posts were introduced during sentencing. A forensic psychologist suggested Perry suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. So let's go to California now, where Orange County has settled a civil complaint filed by the family of Kirk Andres Reinhold, a homeless man shot and killed by a sheriff's deputy. This happened back in 2020. The county will pay $7.5 million in the wrongful death lawsuit. The shooting occurred during a confrontation between Reinhold and deputies from the homeless outreach team. The district attorney's office cleared the deputy of criminal wrongdoing, stating the shooting was justified. The family alleged that the outreach team was ill-equipped and disproportionately targeted people of color. And Courtney, how often have we seen this where uh, we have law enforcement officers that go out and, mm -hmm. you know, sort of shoot first, ask questions later. Mm -hmm. And we've heard this time and time again, whether it's Orange County or neighboring uh, city of Los Angeles, uh, that uh, officers are ill-equipped to handle uh, calls, uh, distress calls involving people that are mentally ill. Mm -hmm. You know, look at what just happened in New York City on the mm -hmm. train where, you know, a passenger, t you know, took somebody's life into their own hands. And so we've got to do more than just talk the talk when it comes to supporting folks that may be uh, in distress. Uh, and mentally ill uh, and uh, making encounters with law enforcement. And this also takes us back to the conversation of uh, the blue culture. You know, it sounds like this task force that was created to help, I'm hoping, uh, you know, the, the homeless not to antagonize, uh, but to help the homeless, um, you know, being accused of being ill-equipped. So we're talking about now training and we're talking about, you know, the, the, the use of excessive force. We're talking about the culture now and in the criminal court, it's interesting that that judge and that jury did not find these officers at fault. But civil court is very, very different. And, uh, you know, these folks decided that uh, the county needed to pay up because, you know, somebody uh, was at fault. And, you know, at some point, when are these counties, these cities, these states, you know, going to grow weary of having to pay out all of this money, especially when they cry broke, you know, when it comes to other resources and things that, 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 that we need, um, and go about the business of changing the culture. Of, of the blue folks, of the folks in blue. Yeah, and it's important to note how this started. You know, this was somebody who was initially uh, detained by police mm -hmm. for violating, for, for jaywalking. Uh, and prosecutors found that, well, he didn't jaywalk. You know, he violated a red light, but he didn't jaywalk, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. how do you go from jaywalking to losing your life at the hands of law enforcement? We have got to do better. Moving along, a Virginia mother has taken responsibility for her six-year-old son shooting his teacher. In a recent interview, Deja Nicole Taylor acknowledged her role and expressed willingness to accept responsibility for her child's actions. The incident occurred when the boy retrieved a gun from his pocket and shot his first grade teacher. The teacher survived but required multiple surgeries. Taylor's attorney claims the gun was stored out of reach, but how the child accessed it remains unclear. Taylor mentioned her son's ADHD and feeling ignored as potential factors. She expressed a desire to apologize to the teacher as they were building a relationship 
in the classroom. All right, so now we're going to shift into some lighter, positive news, maybe a little black excellence here, as President Biden has nominated General Charles Quentin Brown Jr., an Air Force fighter pilot, as the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. If confirmed, Brown would be the first Air Force general in 16 years to hold this position with extensive military experience, including commanding roles in the Pacific and Middle East. He would also be the second black service member to serve as chairman in in this role, Brown would advise President Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Uh, it sounds like President Biden is really making good as he rolls into this election season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and he would be the second black service member to serve as chairman following Army General Colin Powell. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and so, you know, lots of, of respect. This this uh, uh, this man has been in the service for over 40 years. Mm -hmm. He's pulling from a lot of experience. And this is just another example. If when given the opportunity to lead, we're ready to lead. Mm -hmm. We're prepared to lead. We're just as prepared as anybody else. But we just need the opportunity. And so it's good to see, you know, the, the president uh, really making good on that, you know, because a lot of people talk that talk. Yeah. But when it comes to, well, who you nominate, who yeah. do you put, put in positions of power, influence, and authority, there's a disconnect. Not with this president, at least with this nomination. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping there's not a lot of pushback with the confirmation. Good man, great qualifications, definitely the one for the job, and I'm hoping the folks on the other side of the aisle see it as such. Let us hope. Take <laughs> right. a breath and let us hope. Exactly. Well, Mississippi lawmaker Representative Earl Banks has been charged with making a false statement on his tax returns, failing to report over half a million dollars in income from a real estate sale in 2018. Banks, who's a Democrat, has agreed to prosecution on the felony charge and is set to appear in federal court on May 17th. He claims it was a mistake and is cooperating with authorities despite the charges. He is unopposed for re-election in the House District 67 in Mississippi. Let me tell you, it's, it's too much going on in Mississippi for, for, the, for this man to be in this kind of trouble, especially financial trouble where you where you lying and masking and covering up and, and so on and so forth. And look, we got to dish out the criticism uh, for this uh, Democrat, just as we did for uh, our friend up there at the Supreme Court uh, and his um, uh, mishandling of information information and so you know we can't have it both ways and at the at the end of the day as the culture likes to say um, what is done in the dark will come out in that's the light. Right. That's right. That's right. And 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 and, and fun fact uh, uh, Representative Banks actually ran for the Mississippi Supreme Court back in 2012 unsuccessfully and mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know that's another sort of triggering uh, tidbit that reminds us of uh, somewhat of a comparison between him and, and Clarence Thomas, but this wasn't even close. The, the documents show that banks claimed an adjusted gross income mm -hmm. of $38,000, even though he knew that he received more than half a million dollars from this real estate sale. So it's not even like, oh, I was off by, you know, a couple thousand or mm -hmm. 10,000. You know, th that that uh, is more than just a little bit suspicious. Yeah, and you know, I've moved from state to state in my career and, you know, I may have miscalculated or my preparer may have miscalculated and the way some of them folks came at me for $200 that I owed. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting how, you know, some of these politicians or folks who have different kind of access or platforms can kind of get away with it maybe mm -hmm. a little bit longer. Not that I was trying to, mine was a, a, mm -hmm. a mistake, but the way they came down on me for $200, 
you know, you would think that they would keep up with these politicians and really hold their feet to the fire. Yeah, and, and mm -hmm. especially at a time where, you know, Jackson, Mississippi is facing so many challenges. So much. That's right? what so I So the say. last thing they need Too is much going an on. elected official that is out of commission, mm -hmm. or dare I say a Republican takes that seat mm -hmm. and uh, does what the governor of Mississippi wants them to do, yeah. not what the people of Jackson want them to do. Let's uh, move on here uh, to Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, who is an Allen a Texas native, he donated $15,000 to six-year-old William Cho, who lost his mother, father, and three-year-old brother in the Allen Outlet shooting. Murray expressed his condolences and outrage on Twitter and continues to monitor William's recovery as that little boy was shot and uh, was recently released from the ICU. We're so glad he's doing better. Now, the GoFundMe account set up by uh, the little boy's extended family surpassed the $50,000 goal, raising almost $2 million thus far. Kyla Murray attended Allen High School. He was a huge high school football hero, and he's been in the NFL since 2019. He a lot. And it's great to see him paying it forward, mm -hmm. you know, remembering where he comes from. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, he tweeted uh, from his account, uh, you know, what can I do to help people affected by the shooting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And again, just the signs of, of, of a great leader, of somebody mm -hmm. with enormous compassion, mm -hmm. you know, in a moment of trial, uh, he was thinking, how can I help? How can yeah. I show up, you know, for the community that helped me to become, you know, the success story uh, that yeah. I've become. And the story is just, you know, so heavy, you know, as the backstories of the victims and even the survivors continue to uh, come out as far as little William is concerned. It was his birthday just a couple of days mm -hmm. ago and the family was at the mall returning clothes that didn't fit him uh, that he received for a birthday gift. And now he is a, com a complete orphan, if you will. That's not to, you know, he definitely has extended family who, you know, will take care of him, but just a tragic, tragic story. And so to add this layer of goodness on top of it, this layer of care and concern and really wisdom from this young man um, helps just a little bit. Yeah. Just and, a little bit. And, and that story is, it is really devastating. It is. It is really devastating. Almost a whole mm -hmm. family mowed down and yeah. for what? Mm -hmm. For what? Mm -hmm. You know, because you have members of the legislature that, you know, have taken this oath, you know, to protect and defend the Second Amendment at all costs. Mm -hmm. You know, this was another incident with another assault weapon that took so many innocent lives. And this in is a just flash. one family. We're just talking about one family. This is one, one of just many. One of many. You know, and then, and then just the collective trauma that the community experiences. I mean, think about it. The next time somebody goes into that mall to purchase something, is that going to, are they going to be able to come out? Jeez. Mm -hmm. Well, there's more to come on Foxhole's Black Report, including a massive settlement from TurboTax. Some of y'all might have a check coming, soulmates will tell you just how much the company has to pay up. And if you qualify for some of that cash, you're watching Foxhole's Black Report. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Over 600,000 loans from the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program have been forgiven, totaling $42 million in federal student loan debt relief. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, that's a lot of relief. The Biden administration temporarily expanded eligibility for the program, which aims to encourage public service work. The program forgives remaining federal student loan debt after 10 years of eligible nonprofit or government work, y'all. 
Permanent changes to the program starting in July will provide more flexibility for borrowers. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona expressed the administration's commitment to fixing the student loan system and supporting borrowers. I mean, this is a great step in the right direction. It's, for, it's short of the billions of dollars of student debt relief that uh, the Biden administration has moved on but has gotten caught up in the courts. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a great program. Hopefully it inspires more people to, to consider careers in teaching, careers in the nonprofit world. Because, um, you know, we know we need more black teachers, for example. Mm -hmm. We need more, you know, black doctors and nurses and other professionals. And so, um, you know, I hope that people flock to the program. You know, keep the forgiveness coming. You know, it's, it's never too late, never too little. Every little bit uh, helps. Mm -hmm. But I, I think there are some folks out there in regards to the, the service that they offer up uh, to, to humankind and to the betterment, you know, of our communities. You know, those loans should have been forgiven a long time ago because it really, it just cripples other areas and aspects uh, of your life. So, so come on, President, keep, keep it moving. You're right. And uh, let's, let's forgive even more. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the fact that, that this program has existed for a long time, mm -hmm. right? But like barely anybody was getting their loans forgiven, right? And so, point. and so basically this is, you know, the Biden administration saying, let's actually make good on the commitment, mm -hmm. right? What, and the what, promise. What good is it having a public service loan forgiveness program if we're really not forgiving people, you know, um, at the numbers that we should be? Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, TurboTax users across the country are set to receive automatic compensation as a part of a massive settlement. Over 4 million Americans can expect a check from the tax filing company totaling $141 million. TurboTax deceived customers by falsely advertising free services from 2016 to 2018. Eligible users will receive checks without filling out forms ranging from around $30 to $85. The settlement holds TurboTax accountable and provides restitution to impacted Americans. Soulmates, checks will be mailed starting this month. I'll take it, you know. I don't think I'll, I'll qualify for anything. I've never used that service yeah. before, but $30 to $85 is what? That's a carton of uh, eggs, a, ga a gas tank. That's, I'll, that's a I good time at the Red Lobster. It. You know, but that, that's also, as far as a consumer is concerned, really, we've talked about this reading, you know, the fine print, mm -hmm. you know, reading between the lines. Uh, shame on TurboTax, which is why they're paying. But also, you know, a lot of those self-help or something that sounds too good to be true it probably usually is yeah and there's some people that you know have had positive experiences mm -hmm. with TurboTax mm -hmm. I have friends as I'm sure you do who file their own sure, taxes sure that's never been my ministry you know because I never want the IRS to circle around and say they will send wrong, a letter right and so <laughs> I've always chosen to, to, to go to our accountant uh, but, you know, this is um, another reason why consumer protections are so important. Mm -hmm. right? Imagine if we didn't have, you know, uh, the government saying, oh, wait a minute, let's take a second look at, you know, what was promised mm -hmm. with this service and what was actually delivered. Mm -hmm. And so it's a reminder that we need strong consumer protections in this country because if left to their own devices, a lot of these companies are going to be running roughshod over our pocketbooks. Uh, so you, 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 you go to the, your accountant? You have a personal accountant? Uh, we do have an oh, accountant, okay. yeah. I just go to Sherry, the tax lady, every year. <laughs> he goes Frank to is our accountant. guy. Frank is our guy. Now, don't try to, don't try to make it street now. 
<laughs> Sherry and the accountant, very Go different here. Go to the here. next story, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> All righty, real serious here, though. The CDC is investigating new cases of monkeypox across the U.S. despite previous reports of zero infections. Chicago's health department has seen a recent increase in cases with six new cases reported. Surprisingly, nine out of the 13 cases in that city were in vaccinated individuals. None of the patients required hospitaliza hospitalization, though at risk individuals are advised to get vaccinated. The CDC has received reports of 60 additional cases in eight states since their last update. The U.S. ambassador to South Africa accuses the country of providing weapons to Russia through a cargo ship. The ambassador claims that military equipment was loaded onto a Russian ship at a South African naval base, compromising the country's neutrality on the Ukraine conflict. Satellite imagery and ship records support the allegations. Now, South Africa's recent actions with Russia have raised suspicions. The diplomatic dilemma over a potential visit by Russian President Vladimir Putin also adds further complexity. Mm, you know, a lot going on with Russia right now, and parts of the world aren't really happy with Russia. I don't know if South America wants wants some of that energy, uh, you know, but either, these are pretty, you know, heavy accusations. Yeah, I mean, South Africa, you know, they have been um, trying to play it neutral. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have made a pledge to play it neutral. But this ain't, uh, this ain't but, neutral. But the, the, there's an investigation underway, and so the investigation hasn't concluded, but to have the, uh, the U.S. ambassador to South Africa sort of jump out there and, and, and basically call the baby ugly, mm, you know, and, mm. and, and, and say, you know, you all were helping the Russians. Um, that does not help our, the relationship that we're trying to build, not just with South Africa, but across the continent. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a number of African countries that have relationships with Russia mm -hmm. or who've had relationships with Russia. And so, you know, a pledge to neutralize uh, their support for Russia is something that we've been counting on. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out geopolitically as we're trying to expand our footprint uh, across the African continent. Yeah, and we'll have to see what the, U what the U.S. has to say about it. You mm. know, we have a pretty friendly relationship with South Africa, and uh, we know how contentious our relationship is with Russia. Be interesting to see uh, what the White House has to say. All right, still ahead, Stillman College is making some major changes to the way it wants to be recognized. That's right. We'll tell you what's happening with the school and how others could be following suit. Mm. You're watching Fox Old Black Report. We'll be right back. NBA champion and Hall of Famer Ray Allen is the latest professional basketball player to earn a college degree after leaving school early to pursue a career in the sports world. According to CBS Sports, former Boston Celtics and Miami Heat player Ray Allen earned his bachelor's degree in general studies from the University of Connecticut. He follows in the footsteps of fellow NBA champion Steph Curry and Gary Payton II, who recently returned to their respective universities to earn their college degrees. Allen left UConn as a junior in 1996 after playing three years at the famed university. Congratulations are in order for Dr. Ricky Smiley. Thanks to Miles College, Ricky Smiley, big time radio personality, earned an honorary doctorate degree and delivered the commencement speech from Miles College class of 2023. Ricky spent time at their uh, spent time there before ultimately graduating from Alabama State University. During his speech, 
Smiley said he performed his first ever comedy show at Miles and has fond memories of many of its staff members saying, quote, there would not be a Ricky Smiley if it was not for Miles College. Now, Courtney, you know I'm a big fan of people finishing what they start. Mm -hmm. Finishing what they start is what I tell my nieces and nephews all the time. Uh, and so it's great to see Ray Allen finishing what he started. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that was the late 90s, you know, yeah. that he had started, you know, his degree. And to see him go back, even after all the success he's had, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's, it's, it sends a very important message uh, to people out there that may be unsure whether or not, you know, college is for them mm -hmm. or, or, or whether or not, you know, they should take it seriously in terms of finishing what they start. Yeah, well, you know, it's great to see these athletes go back, you know, who leave for greener pastures. I mean, you can't really, you know, when it's your moment and your time, you got to go for it. So you understand them leaving their studies behind to go into the league. We just did a story maybe about a week or two ago uh, where Oprah Winfrey spoke at her alma mater and she was very frank and honest about leaving for an opportunity in, in Baltimore and then returning a little bit later on to finish. And, you know, that's what my parents used to always preach. It wasn't if I'm going to college, it was where, and they would just preach, finish, finish mm -hmm. what you started. And so it's it's a good look and it's a great example uh, for generations to come, really. And speaking of great examples, I mean, Ricky Smiley, I mm -hmm. mean, what what a long way he's come, right? From doing stand-up comedy, mm -hmm. you know, uh, at Miles, uh, to going back and getting your honorary degree. There are a lot of really great accomplishments out there, but being recognized by your college or university in that way, that's a pretty impressive honor. Indeed. Well, Stillman College has officially announced its withdrawal from the annual U.S. News and World Rankings, making it the first HBCU to do so. Stillman's departure follows a recent string of colleges and universities abandoning popular college rankings as, as well as criticism from the nation's school's chief. Stillman President Dr. Cynthia Warwick said that the U.S. News Best College Ranking does not accurately represent the impact that Stillman has on the community, the state, or the nation. So this is a, a very prestigious ranking. It comes out uh, every year and it, and it lets folks know, especially those maybe thinking about higher education, you know, what where they might want to focus in on. But I understand the good doctor saying, hey, you know, for us and, and more than likely for black folks, for an HBCU, this ranking really does not reflect, you know, our success and really does not reflect our impact. And uh, because of that, we'd rather be left, left off than included in. Yeah, and I wonder if this might inspire the folks over at U.S. News and World Report and some of the other, you know, uh, uh, publications that have similar rankings will inspire them to take a second look at the criteria, mm -hmm. right, and mm -hmm. just sort of update the criteria. I mean, we're living now, you know, in a largely post-COVID world. Mm -hmm. uh, and we know the COVID pandemic has sort of changed, you know, the way that we operate, mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, schools that hadn't really had a strong online uh, presence have a much larger digital uh, footprint than they did before. Um, we know that the economy has changed. There are jobs that exist today that didn't exist before. And let's not also, for, let's not also forget the, the racial record uh, that we are in the midst of, according mm -hmm. to some, um, you know, that has impacted the way that schools do business. And so I think the U.S. News and World Report needs to catch up 
And until they do, I think they might see other schools, not just HBCUs, but a lot of other schools dropping off the list. And if not already, create a list specifically for HBCUs as, you know, that focus is very specific, you know, to the betterment and uh, higher education for African-American um, students. So maybe a separate list if there isn't one already and really consult those leaders and those educators to make sure that list would be, uh, you know, intact. So lots of lots of ideas that uh, these folks can undertake in order to do better. Hope they're be listening. Better. All right, the Negro Leeds Baseball Museum is getting a makeover. The Kansas City landmark and home of the Kansas City Monarchs is launching a fundraising campaign called Pitch the Future to raise $25 million for a new building. Bank of America has already pledged $1 million towards the construction of a 25,000 square foot facility. The new building will house an education center and a one-of-a-kind collection of baseball memorabilia. The museum aims to use state-of-the-art technology to promote diversity, inclusion, and equity, sharing the stories of unsung baseball heroes who triumphed over social adversity. Listen, this is another example of why it's so important for us to to share our history, preserve our history, protect our history. Uh, there are so many folks that are, are trying to erase that history. And mm -hmm. so bravo uh, to Bank of America and other supporters that recognize the importance of preserving this history. We need it more now than ever. Keep that same energy and keep projects like this coming. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, coming, coming up, Nick Cannon is wilding out and we're not talking about that show that's awfully funny. You ever see Wildin' Out? It is out? very it's funny. Hilarious. It is very funny. We'll <laughs> tell you how he says it only comes down to one thing when he decides which of his baby mamas he's spending the night with. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. More when we come back. We want to welcome you back, Soulmates. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report, Friday edition. We made it. All right, and this is a little something that we do, mm -hmm. you know, every Friday. We've been doing it for a moment now. It's time to talk to one of our favorite comedians. It's all about celebrity and entertainment headlines. That's right. And on Fridays, we just like to have a little more fun with these stories. Mm -hmm. So here to join in on the conversation is the only comedian, <laughs> actor, and get this, Licensed funeral director, the only one in the game, Schuler King. Welcome, Schuler. Welcome to Fox Souls Black Report. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Yes, yeah. it's true. Rep yes. Representing it's true. Omega Sci-Fi. That's my divine nine, brother. We see you. We you see it. We All see right. You. We see you. Man, I've been watching you from, from the jump, and let me tell you, your journey has not only been interesting, but of course, very, very funny. I just love, you know, everything you post every day the videos i'm like where does he get this material from it is on point and it has uh, made people's day especially in the midst of that pandemic so yeah. we appreciate you for keeping us lifted for sure oh i appreciate you thank you for the support indeed all right let's get to it uh up first let's talk about this prize prize rather lawsuit fuji's rapper prize is heading back to court after just being found guilty of all 10 counts uh, he's accused of in this uh, federal trial that yeah, he was just a part yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, but this time he's suing <laughs> 50 Cent and Kyrie Irving for Ooh. defamation. This all stems from social media posts that allege that Prize was an informant for the FBI. 
Lawyers for Praz say that the post from 50 Cent's account has since been deleted, but the tweet from Kyrie Irving remains live on his account. Attorneys uh, say the alleged post from 50's account and the tweets from Kyrie refer to Praz as, quote, a rat. Shuler, is this is a, it's a, it's a pretty st sticky situation all the way around. Your thoughts on it? Um, from what I understand, I mean, brother, if you were telling, you were telling. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you can only be a rat or a snitch if you're intertwined in the streets. You know what I mean? I did. I, 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 from what I was told, a rat is somebody who was who was uh, involved in the crime mm -hmm. and and told to get out. And the snitch is somebody who had nothing to do with it, but you're telling on people. So you know, maybe Ooh. you can sue people and say, "Hey, look, I wasn't a rat. I was a snitch." There's a difference. You know what I mean? Now, I just don't <laughs> don't quote me. On, don't quote me on none of this because I'm not trying to go to court. If you sue me, you're not going to get much. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, Shula the King. Okay, you, you, you're schooling me here. So a rat is someone who is involved in the, in the crime uh -huh. and gets out. Uh, a snitch is somebody who didn't have anything to do with it but tells on the folks. Yeah, that's what oh. I heard. Now, I don't I don't know nothing about I have no street activities. Is that the I'm street not, code? Yeah. Well, hold on, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't know this, about this, that. I, I'm 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 going based off what I've seen in movies. I don't I really oh, don't know. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm sure you come across a lot of folks from different walks of life being a, a you know, a funeral director, maybe you didn't, you know, pick something up from some you know what I'm saying? You really a funeral yeah. director? He, yes, he is. Yeah, so, yes, I'm a licensed funeral director and embalmer. Uh, in the state of South Carolina yes, and in Georgia. So I tell everybody at my shows, you know, that's true. And so if anybody starts choking on their food, you know, go on and let God have his way now. You You'll know. take care of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll make you look just like yourself. Oh, Shula the King. Okay. Don't um, look at me like that, Shula. Okay. Oh, I'm just, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, all right. Why, you know, you want folks to, you want to look like you sleeping, not, you know, like, you know. And and I've you know I've been keeping up with Shula the King for a very long time, so I knew it was true, and 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 you know it does quite well with that I want to be alive and well as long as possible. Absolutely, but when you go, you got a long way to go, brother. You you got a long, you got a lot of time ahead of you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. That means yeah. a lot coming from you as a funeral yeah. director. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah, we we put your file in the back. Don't worry. About <laughs> oh that. Lord, I got a file. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> speaking of a long way to go, uh, as far as all these kids, Nick Nick's got a long way to go as far as fatherhood is concerned. He is definitely been wilding out with this one. In a recent sit down, Nick reveals uh, how he chooses which one of his baby mamas he will spend the night with. Mm -hmm. Nick oh. reportedly told the Los Angeles Times, quote, a lot of the time it's whichever of them has called me that day, to be honest. I'm such a creature of habit. I, I like who likes me. Nick Ooh. is also making headlines saying that former um, pussycat doll Nicole Scherzinger uh, is the only woman he has ever chased. Hmm. And in fact, uh, he even gave her a custom <laughs> Bible? Sure. You think Mariah chased Nick? Or or you think um, that, that, no, that she's she, the one of the mothers that, that's calling it? No. I, do, I can't see Mariah Carey calling it. Well, you know, I don't know. I, Mariah, I think out of pride, she just wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just some, so even if they like you, some women just be like, no, I'm not calling you because you got 13 others. You know what I mean? And shout out to Nick. Nick is a great guy. 
You know what I mean? I, I was on Wildin' Out, so he mm-hmm. gave me the opportunity. So, you know, hey. And, and let's just call it what it is. Niggas are polygamous. He's free. He does what he, you know, he's taking care of all them kids. I mean, he obviously has way more money than what we than think what he we has. thought. Exactly. Yeah. And Nick got money stashed <laughs> away because one child is enough for me. You know what I mean? I, that, that's enough. Kids are expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you put them on your health insurance. But yeah, he, yeah, he, he's doing his thing. I don't know. I, I, it's it's mind boggling to me. I would be avoiding phone calls because I wouldn't want no more kids. But you know what's kind of mind boggling to me? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily see Nick Cannon as sort of like the sex symbol. And I think. You know, that's kind of the, the money, reputation the money that is he sexy. has. The money is sexy. I mean, yeah. well, let me let me let me stop you there. I I, I like you. I was I did not get it until mm-hmm. I met him. You understand? Uh-huh. You, see, if you never met him, you won't you won't get it. I was in his print the first time I met Nick. We was just talking. I was like. You know, I didn't get it when I met him. I was like, this brother does have some nice skin. Like, this, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey, man, I, you could see, like, I don't know what kind of soap he uses, but this is, this. you know what I mean? He looked like a wet egg. It's smooth as I don't know what. It's yeah. just, you know, so he, he kind of, must be charming. You know, it's very charming. Hey, look, I ain't, I ain't say all that. I'm, 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 nice yeah, skin, I'm not saying you, know? you say, I'm just saying he yeah, must be. I wasn't be. charmed, you know. You weren't charmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't charmed. He's got to have something. He, he's got something going on. I mean, let, let the streets tell it. He's got he's got more than just some silky skin. Uh, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is for the grown and sexy. Uh, Lionel Richie is causing quite the conversation about people in their golden years getting a little freaky diggy. Ooh, page six quotes the 72-year-old in an interview when asked how, how he stays healthy. He mentions not uh, eating too much red meat, drinking water, sleeping, sweating, and... And having sex, Lana Ritchie has been dating a 33-year-old model, Lisa uh, Parigi, for uh, more than a decade now. So what was she, like 23 when they started dating? And he was, what, six in his 60s? Yeah. What you think, uh, Shula? Is that, Shula, is that similar to your routine? Hey, look, get out of my business. Don't ah. do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. We, are, we grown over here. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, I ain't mad at Lionel. Go ahead and do what you got to do. Once you get to a certain point where you realize you got more time behind you than you got ahead of you, hey man, live your life. Mm. Do what you got to do. Yeah, and if yeah. and if and if your equipment is still working, use it. You understand what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of people out here when they hit certain age that everything just stopped working. Mm-hmm. If you're still in shape and you're having fun, man, go on and get your freak on, please. Because right. you know if you. People leave this world doing anything. People get hit by buses, mm. plane crashes, people get shot. And the more times you, you you have sex to you know, at that late age, the more likely you are to pass away doing that. And if you can make a choice, then if, if you could choose how to go, that's the best way to go. Well, so. I, I think, you know, Viagra and all that stuff, it just revolutionized the world because, you know, before I got married dating, you know, I would meet guys well into their 50s and they would have like two-year-olds. Uh-huh. I was like, are you serious right about it? Robert De Niro, who loves the sisters, he, just had, a new, he yeah. just had a newborn and he's knocking on 80. Yeah. So, like Shula said, it's, it's working, so use it. I just wonder if as a funeral director, Shula, um, you know, have there ever been any cases that you're aware of where people were in the moment when they transitioned? No, but I will tell you, that I don't even know if I could tell y'all this on TV, but I'm gonna go ahead on and do it. Uh, I don't, I think so. There was uh, there have been one or two occasions where I know in men, 
that during the embalming process, you know, your, your, uh, the, the male anatomy stays would, at a, you know, back at attention would react. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. And I was, you know, I was like, in my, I was a teenager with the first time I saw that, you know, it was me and my father was, you know, helping him. And next thing you know, it, you know, the fellow, you know, he, he a part his, uh, his equipment woke up. I so there, that there is still life after death. You can still use that life, thing after death. Yeah, life but I, I, was, I was a little nervous because it was pointed at me. At the time. Like it was pointed in my direction. And I, you know, I was, hey, man, we're going to have to hurry up and get on out of here. Oh, well, well, I'm, I'm glad you weren't by yourself when that happened. Right. That would have that would have been really scary. Uh, well, me too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, over to Los Angeles, where a hairstylist is receiving backlash online for adding weave to her three-year-old daughter's mm. hair. The uh, mother goes by all that jazz glamine on TikTok and outlined the entire process step by step. She mentioned that her daughter used the uh, rather used to pull rather at her hair, leaving ball patches in the back and on the side, so she decided to cover them up with extensions that matched her daughter's hair. Yeah, she made it a point to mention nothing was attached to her scalp, but social media users were still quick to criticize, saying that she shouldn't be so insecure about her child's hair. Hmm, Schuler, what say thee? Well, I say this. My daughter used to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And we just say, hey, look, she's just going to have to be, uh, she's just going to have to have some patches because I'm not, we're not going right. to mess with the child. And eventually it grows out. You know what I mean? We, we, we've we gotten so much to a point where everybody's so superficial about, you know, what this looks like and everybody's so quick to stitch and glue and, you know, give the baby's hair a chance to actually grow out. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know. The baby may be a pine near in the family may be the first mm. person in the family to have some edges. Because I swear, <laughs> the one thing that is, that is, that is going away is, is edges. We, we, yes, we need edges back. Bring back edges. Bring back bring all the Bring back edges. Bring edges. Hashtag you know bring I mean? back edges. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, so let the baby, give the baby's edges a chance. You know, you start gluing and stapling and stitching. Yeah. And the next thing you know, the baby going to be another little Mr. Potato Head looking thing running around in the family. Yeah. I ain't trying to be mean. I'm not, I'm not. Or focus more, it's, it's, it's a lot of times it's behavioral, it's anxiety with babies and stuff. I know for the younger infants, they put gloves on, you know, they have a tendency to pull. So I don't know, at three years old, you know, no different from how she's probably potty training her, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, to tap into some kind of behavioral type redirection mm -hmm. instead of putting, you know, because it looked like she braided it in there or something like that, but the tension might still be a little it's too, too much. I think it's yeah. too much. It's too much yeah. too soon. I'm not going to tell people, you know, how to raise your child, but I'm going to say that that I feel like, you know, you're putting too much attention mm. on their hair, you know, before you're putting attention on their ABCs and their one, two, threes. There's, mm. there's, they have the rest of their life mm. to decide what they're going to do with their hair if they want to do anything at all. That's too young for that baby. He sound like a daddy, don't he, Shuler? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a, da a daddy to be. A daddy. No I'm announcements a, yet, father, but daddy I'm to a be. I'm a father as well. Yeah, I'm and, a father and, as and, well and, of and, a little girl. Oh, yeah. how old is she? And my my daughter's one, and we have another one on the Aww. way. And you just recently married. You're a new, new kind of a newlywed too. I when I say I yeah. follow you, brother, I follow you. <laughs> oh, so I, congrats I see, on that. Yes. Yeah, congrats Thank on you. that. Thank you. Yes, we got our three year anniversary coming up. Aww. You know what I mean? Congratulations. Yeah, man. 
Shout out to my wife for putting up with me because I know it ain't easy. I'm sure it isn't. You know? Talk to us a little <laughs> bit about what you got going on before we let you go today. I, I know you're out in these streets. You're, you're talking about the appearances and going from city to city, uh, spreading mm -hmm. that love. Talk a little bit about what you're up to. Yes, my life is good. Comedy tour is still going on. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Cleveland, Baltimore. I'll be in New York, Atlanta. I'm, you know, all over the place. Um, as of right now, I plan on shooting my stand-up uh, mm -hmm. special a little bit later this year, and I got a couple of scripts uh -oh. that I'm that I'm going over. Uh, uh, some movies, some mm -hmm. uh, a couple of movies. You know. All of that, so you'll definitely see me see me in the future. Absolutely, a lot of business going. Yeah, a lot a lot of business going on, but it's some stuff I can't talk about just yet. Yeah. Do you do you think you'll ever get to a point where you'll ever let go of the funeral director career, or or are you just gonna hang no. on that? Oh, he said no. No, that's sounds like a family business, no? Yes, it's, it's a family business. It was started by my great grandfather oh, in wow. 1947. So oh. you know that that is a. a so just as much a part of me as the comedy is. That's so, right. you know, I, 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 my father passed last year in October and he left mm -hmm. me his share in the business. So it, it is, it, it is me and I am it. Well, that's a business that never goes out yeah, of business. That doesn't ever go out of business. <laughs> never go out of business. And, and for the people in South Carolina that are looking for a good funeral home, what's the name of your funeral home? <laughs> the funeral home is Williams Funeral Home, 821 North Main Street in Sumter, South Carolina. Sumter. Okay. So okay. if folks yes. are out there looking. Yeah. I got, I got, I'm uh, on my way to Aiken uh, this, this weekend. So not too far. I might come by and say, yeah. not that I need any okay. services, but I'm going to just stop by and say, hey. No. No, no, no. Just does, you know, if, if anybody feel a little weak, just swing on by, you know, oh, just Lord. leave them there. Oh, you know? Wow, wow. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, well, next time you are in Detroit, you got to mm -hmm. stop by the studio. You are an honorary soulmate. Yes. So we want to have you come back again soon. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, we'd love by. to have you. Shula the King, that's what I call you. Yeah. Shula the King, baby. <laughs> Keep us laughing. It. We appreciate you. Thanks for your for your time today. Thank you so much. Indeed, indeed. Still ahead, there's so <laughs> much black excellence to share. We are bursting at the seams. And there's one fifth grader who's taken the internet by storm. Oh, we can't wait to show you this one. It's a young musician from Houston. It's all happening when we return. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. Get it, baby boy, get it. Get it, get it! <laughs> of professional sports, gender equality is still an uphill battle. However, the NFL has been making strides to close the gap as the Buffalo Bills have hired Marissa Figueroa as the first female full-time assistant athletic trainer, making her the first woman in the franchise's history to take on this role. Yeah, good win for the ladies. Figueroa mm -hmm. joins the over 100 certified athletic trainers employed by the league's 32 teams. Of that number, only 21 are women. She is a part of the Bills athletic training staff and medical personnel responsible for the life-saving emergency response of DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, women uh, have also made their way onto the sidelines for the NFL with 15 female coaches in the 2022 season, including 
Philadelphia Eagles, Autumn Lockwood, who became the first black woman yeah. to coach in a Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a pretty big feat. So Figueroa, she's from your neck of the woods, a, a Cali native. She started with the Bills back in 2021 after interning with the Chargers back in 2018. So she's been around for a minute and moving up the ladder pretty quickly, and it's good to see. It's good, but well, we want to see more women coaches. You know, we want to see them as head coaches. There next. we go. We want to go all the way. That's coming up next for sure. All right, a fifth grader from Houston's Fifth Ward is going viral for his musical talent. Travion Narcisse is uh, his video shows him playing the piano with incredible skill and passion and has already gained millions of views across social media platforms. That's right. Trayvon's musical journey began when he was just two years old, when he started playing the drums, he prefers to freestyle or play gospel music, hello, <laughs> which is part of his musical roots. He's self-taught and credits uh, people at his church yeah. for helping I him. I wish you could hear a little bit because he, he is really jamming. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's one of his own originals. But uh, Travion says, quote, music helps your mind and it soothes you and wants to be a professional musician own a studio and tour the world and meet Chris Brown. That's his goal right now. And a lot of celebrities are tapping in. There's a producer by the name of Tay Keith. He's already sent him um, some computers, some piano and speakers, some new equipment to keep producing this wonderful music. And he, if you could hear, he was going at it and the kids around him were sucking looked, on lollipops and popsicles. It looked like he was getting in. Yes. Look, look at his little audience. <laughs> I love it. Some folks have uh, lemonade stands. You know, he's over there uh, playing music street side. I love to see it. getting it too. Well, and last but certainly not least in black excellence, a 70-year-old woman earns her college degree. Her name is Richard Denny Casso, and she says it wouldn't have been possible without her best friend by her side. Take a look. The sea of excitement. The graduating class of 2023 is getting ready to take their walk. And right in the middle of all of it is 70-year-old Richard Dean Casso walking with her daughter by her side. I'm excited and breathless. I am graduating from HCC after 53 years. Richardine graduated from Lato High School back in 1970. She got a start at HCC back then, but life got in the way. Well, little break, I got married, had a start of the family, started a career, so it was just like a long gap. But she decided it's never too late to go back. And it was her daughter who gave her the shove she needed. It was a lot of different happenstances in life and different ups and downs. But during the COVID, my daughter encouraged me, Rewa, she said, okay, mom, maybe I'll take a stab at it and go back. So it was a lot of time, nothing to do really. So taking the classes online was easy. So I jumped back into it. For Richard Dean, having her daughter by her side has special meaning. They encourage each other, a bond that will never break. <sighs> I think it was Rewa, my daughter. She just like encouraged me. She's very encouraging and always encouraging me. So I think she just pushed me in. She pushed me over the edge <laughs> and I did it. After all these years, walking the stage like she always hoped she would. They even gave her recognition from the stage for her incredible accomplishment. 70 year old Richard Dean Casso, who represents and becoming a role model for this new generation that's all around her. I would tell everybody, just never give up on your dream. I have the quote for the hat here for Nelson Mandela. It said, it always seems impossible until it's done. So I just kept pushing through physical, mental, everything until I just said, okay, 
and the support of my family and the support of all the resources at HCC was phenomenal. And I have my daughter Rio to think because she just, she was, ah, she was my rock and she pushed me through. I'm grateful. What an incredible story. She's right, it always seems impossible. Yeah. Until it's done. Richard Dean, that sounds like a mashup. I've got a cousin named Berhenda. Uh-huh. The mother's name is Ber Bernice, yeah. and the dad's name is Henry. Uh-huh. So that sounds like a so mashup. So a blended yeah, name. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Richard Dean, yeah. okay, yeah. that Super works. Super cool, congratulations her, and happy Mother's Day Yes, indeed. Her. For the full rundown on today's stories and more, you can access Fox Soul's video on demand on any of our partners. You can even access past shows and other Black-centered content. And don't forget to download the Fox Soul app. It's free. And uh, don't forget, have a happy Mother's Day to all the mamas and the aunties out there. Also a shout out to the national uh, bailout effort. That's uh, a collective of local and national black-led organizations that are bailing out black mamas in time for Mother's Day. And so shout out to you. I'm the Cordelia Corte. I'm Courtney Hicks. Until next time, have a great weekend and stay lifted.